0: podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. I want to start off, as I typically do, with a a funny story, and it's called The Last Wish. A bus carrying only ugly people crashes into an oncoming truck, and everyone inside dies. Sounds kind of sad, I know. When they get to meet their maker, because of their grief they've experienced, he decides to grant them one wish each before they enter heaven. They're all lined up and God asks the first one what their wish is. I want to be gorgeous. So God snaps his fingers and it's done. The second one in line hears that and says, well, I want to be gorgeous too. Another snap of the fingers and the wish is granted. This goes on for a while with each one asking to be gorgeous. But when God is halfway down the line, the last guy in line, starts to laugh hysterically. When they are there, when there are only 10 people left, this guy is rolling on the floor, laughing his head off. Finally, God reaches this last guy and asks him what his wish will be. The guy eventually calms down and says, make them all ugly again. (laughs) This morning, I want to talk about uh, putting God back on the throne. Tim asked me before we... uh, Started worship. He asked about the songs and how they jived with my message. And I told him, I said, it couldn't be any, it couldn't be any better. We didn't, we didn't collude. We didn't corroborate. We didn't do anything. But these, the songs that we sang and the last song we we're going to sing, it was like they were picked perfectly. So, one of my uh, favorite verses is Jeremiah 29:11. It says, "For I know the plans that I have for you," declares the Lord. "Plans to prosper you." and not harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. If you guys grew up in church, you probably heard on a regular basis about the need to put God first in your life. Making God number one priority is a theme often taught like at VBS. You often hear themes or slogans like God first, others second, me third. And while these slogans and themes seem to sound good, it can be hard to know exactly what it looks like to make God your highest priority. Should you pray and read your Bible first thing in the morning? Probably should do that, it's a good idea. Should you attend Bible studies every night of the week? Kind of impossible to do. If you don't do these things, are you not putting God above everything else? To answer these questions, we need to look at what the Bible says about it. It is so important to make God our top priority God can't just be one part of our lives, along with career, finances, and hobbies, etc. He can't. He's got to be in every aspect of our lives. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. This verse makes it perfectly clear that God is to, be the, is to hold the highest place in our hearts. Our greatest love and deepest affections must be given to him. If we love something more than him, we are saying that that thing is better or more valuable than he is. This is deeply insulting to God and it devalues him. We give our affections to the things we think are most important. We love our sports teams. We wear their logos, their shirts, cheer for them on TV. We value our careers. I know that was one of the things when I was with the sheriff's office years ago, I spent at least 40 to 50 hours a week working and it made a difference, caused some things to go wrong in my life, which I've discussed here before. So that was put on the throne for me back then. If a man spends all his time at work and never makes time for his wife, it insults his wife. When we make something a higher priority, than God we are declaring that is more deserving of our love yeah. than God is. The Bible makes it abundantly clear God is the greatest, most valuable, precious thing in the universe. Matthew 13, through 46 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. And and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. When we don't put God first, it's like finding a priceless treasure in a field. But instead of selling everything we have so we can buy the field, we bury the treasure and never think about it again. It's treating treasure like trash. Southern Baptist uh, pastor who since passed away named Adrian Rogers said this, The scourge of the 21st century is half-hearted Christianity. Half-hearted Christianity will not do it. It never could. But surely not in these times. Are you seeking Christ with all your heart? Is there anything in your life you love more than the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there anything in your life you love more than being with him? If so, then, my friend, that thing... Whatever or whoever it is has become an idol in your life. Realizing that what steps, realizing that, what steps can you take today to remove it from the throne and put Christ back in his proper place in your life? We all face situations that we don't see how they're gonna work out. The medical report wasn't good. Our children go off course. We have problems with our with work, with relationships. We had setbacks, and if we're not careful, we'll let that problem consume us. That's all we think about. We're worried. We're stressed out. We can't sleep. The whole time, God is in control, but the mistake we make too often is we take God off the throne, and we put our problem on the throne instead. What you constantly think about, what you're giving all of your attention to is what you're putting on the throne. When you're always thinking about the goodness of God, and you go through the day thanking him, knowing that he's fighting your battles, you're worshiping God. It's the same principle if you go around worried about your problem, wondering how it's gonna work out, stressed out over your health, or some offense that was, came against you. You are worshiping your problem. Your whole outlook would change if you would simply take the problem off the throne put God back on it. You may be facing an illness. Um, It's easy to go around letting that medical report or whatever the doctor told you play over and over in your mind, thinking of all the reasons why you're not going to get well. The more you dwell on it, the more you're discouraged, you're going to become. You have to take the medical report off the throne. You may be fighting cancer, but don't let cancer Get on the throne. Don't let that sickness become bigger than our God. When David faced Goliath, he never called him a giant. He didn't acknowledge him as a giant. He looked at him and said, he was just an uncircumcised Philistine. (laughs) He was stronger than David, bigger than David, probably twice, at least three times the size maybe. But he downplayed his size, didn't care. David understood the principle that he didn't put Goliath On the throne. He kept his God on it. He said to Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cancer has a name, but there is a name that's higher. That sickness may be big, but it's no match for our God. So keep him on the throne. Quit thinking about how big that problem is and start thinking about how big your God is. Medical science doesn't have the final say. People have limitations. God is limitless. We are natural. God is supernatural. He has all the power. He can do what medicine cannot. But here's the key. If if he's not on the throne, we're not giving him permission. God works where there's an attitude of faith. You can't live worried, stressed, and afraid have God on the throne at the same time there's just room for one and he's not gonna knock you off you got to put him on what's on your throne is it an illness the past past mistake something someone did to you whatever it is it's time to dethrone those things it's time to put God back where he belongs he is in control And he has us in the palm of his hand. Nothing we're facing is too much for him. And instead of dwelling on the negative, the worry, the past, the problem, the addiction, start dwelling on the greatest of our God. David said, I don't look to the mountains for help. I look to the God who made the mountains. A powerful thing when you can say to God, God, you created the universe. You spoke the worlds into existence. He put the stars in the sky. God, I know you're bigger than this sickness, greater than this addiction, and more powerful than any problem I have. What are you going to do by saying this? You're putting God back on the throne. Amen. I heard a story of a grandmother who was a very feisty woman. She lived out in the country and did not much, have much education. When I read this, it reminded me of my grandma on my mom's side, who was living out on a farm in Araba, Colorado, one hour east of Lyman by herself. She was, I want to say 85 at the time of her passing, but she was a feisty old woman and she put us to work every time we got out there, whew. Unfortunately, she would probably still be alive today knowing how my mom is if she was not killed tragically in a car accident. But this was my grandma, I saw this totally in in my grandma. She only stood five feet tall, but she would fight a tiger, and when she was older, she went to the doctor for a checkup. He ran some tests and told her she had the beginning stages of Parkinson's disease. She told the doctor she didn't even know what Parkinson's disease was, but she knew she didn't want any part of it. She bristled back and said very sternly, sir, I don't have it. I refuse to have it, and I'm too old to have it. She went home and lived another 15 years and never did have Parkinson's disease. (laughs) We know that we can't just wish something or do the old name it and claim it. If we could, I think we'd all have won the lottery or the Powerball at some point. Or whatever, live somewhere really nice, besides in the freezing tundra of Colorado. Uh, But there is a spiritual principle to this. It's trusting God. If you allow something to become big in your mind, if you let it consume you, you you're going to give it permission to happen and it will consume you. Be careful what you put on your throne. Don't give sickness, doubt, fear, or anxiety permission. Don't give hurt or an offense permission. We can't stop these things from coming, but we can keep them from getting on the throne. We don't have to let this consume us. If you live offended, have no passion, replaying the hurt over and over again, you have to put that junk on the throne and let God take care of it. As long as you think about it, replay what it didn't work, it's going to sour your life. You must take that hurt off the throne. Nothing that has happened to you has to keep you from your destiny. God would not have allowed it if it was going to stop you from your purpose. But it's easy to focus on what didn't work. We can live offended, try to pay people back for the wrong they did to us, prove to them that we can make it without them. We have to quit letting things like that consume us. They hurt you once, don't let them continue to hurt you holding on to it because the only person that's hurting is you it's over and done this is a new day if you'll take the hurt off the throne and put God back on it he'll be your vindicator he'll take what was meant for harm and use it to your advantage he said he would pay you back double for the unfair things that have happened to you but you have to do your part Take the disappointment off the throne. God knows what happened. He's a God of justice. He wants to make up for the wrongs. He said your later days will be greater than your former. Do you deal with hurt? Someone offending you caught a bad break? Like I said before, it's time to dethrone those things. The truth is we all go through unfair situations and things that we just don't understand. But God is sovereign. It's interesting, if you think about it, Some of you might have. The word sovereign has the word reign in it, R-E-I-G-N. God was showing us even when things happen that don't make sense, he is still in control. He's still directing our steps when the medical report wasn't good, when somebody did us wrong, when we've struggled financially or with relationships. God is sovereign. He reigns over those circumstances. It's easy to go around... Bitter and discouraged. But if you put God back on the throne, he'll start reigning in your life. He'll give you beauty for the ashes. He'll bring you through the difficulty better than you were before. This is what Joseph did. Everybody probably remembers the story from Joseph of the Old Testament. He went through one bad break after another. I mean, this guy had a rough time. And I'm sure it probably didn't make any sense to him, but he was doing the right thing, but he was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused, put in prison. He could have been discouraged and thought, this is not fair. God, what are you doing to me? But he understood that God is sovereign, that things are going to happen that we don't understand. He kept being his best, and despite all the people trying to push him down, God caused him to rise up. People don't determine your destiny. They cannot stop God's plan for your life unless you allow them to. It is. God gave Joseph favor. The Pharaoh liked him so much that he brought Joseph out of prison and made him the prime minister of Egypt. Joseph went on from being a slave to being in the palace. That's the sovereignty of God. He reigns when life isn't fair, and you may be in a situation right now it doesn't make sense. You were doing the right thing, but the wrong thing happened. Don't let bitterness get on the throne. Don't let self-pity or discouragement get on the throne. Be like Joseph and keep God on the throne, knowing that he is sovereign and that it is all working for your good. It takes faith to believe that God is in control when things seem out of control. You have to dig down deep and say, God, I don't understand it. I don't like it, but I trust you. I believe that you are directing my steps. In Psalm 47, it says, God reigns over the nations. The right attitude is, God, not, you not only reign over the world, but you reign over my circumstances. So if he can reign over the world, he can reign over our circumstances. You reign over my health, my finances, my children, my enemies, my relationships. That opposition may look like it's bigger and more powerful. They have more resources, more influence, but when you give God the throne, he is more powerful than anything that's trying to stop you. If you go back and read some of the battle stories of the Old Testament and how they were won, you will see how God intervenes. The forces that are for us are greater than the forces that are against us. Keep doing the right thing. The battle may take longer than we thought. Always does. Joseph went through 13 years of injustice before he saw vindication. Keep being your best where you are. God sees what's happening. He's collected every tear you shed and your time is coming. If you want God to reign you have to keep him on the throne and sometimes the reason we're not seeing favor is we have doubt thinking of all the reasons it's not going to happen we get discouraged by what people have told us we have self pity we have bad breaks we need to take all the negative off the throne God wants to reign in our lives in a new way he is bigger than what we're facing, more powerful than those enemies. He's a deliverer, a provider, a healer, a way maker, and he is sovereign. He reigns over everything that comes into our lives. He may not have sent it, but if he allowed it, he's in control of it. He knows how to bring good out of it, and if we will put him back on the throne and let him reign, he will change our circumstances. But there's always a but there. Here's the issue. Every morning the problem will try to get back up on their throne. You don't take it off once and then you're done. You have to keep it off. All through the day, worry will try to creep back in. Discouragement, self-pity, they're always something trying to get on the throne. Isaiah 26 uh, in Isaiah 26 it says and you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they must trust in you, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. He's saying in effect, if you keep me on the throne, if you say no to the worry, no to the doubt, no to the offense, then you live a peaceful, victorious life. When we go through disappointments, self-pity and bitterness, we will be tempted to put the offense on the throne. Don't fall into that trap. God is ordering your steps. He can see things that we cannot see. The disappointment, the closed doors, they are a test. But God is seeing what we are going to do. If we will keep our minds stayed on him, he will bring us out of whatever our issue is. We have to take the pressure off and live from a place of rest. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. We can't make ourselves get well. We use common sense, but don't live stressed out thinking you must do a thousand things perfectly before you can get better, regardless of the circumstances. God is a healer. Your intentions may be good, but you need to come down off the throne. We must quit putting so much pressure on ourselves. And I am one that is 120% guilty of that. The Bible says in John 10, 27 through 29, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. We need to do our part. But don't live frustrated trying to make things happen on your own. Let God do the work. We can't make people do what's right, that's for sure. We can pray for them, we can encourage them, but we can't control them. They have their own free will. So come down off that throne and say, God, you reign over my loved ones, my children, my job, and my relationships. We must turn them over to God. If we keep ourselves on the throne worrying and upset then God will step back but when we put him back on the throne not only will we leave, live a more peacefully live more peacefully but God will fight our battles second chronicles chapter 20 it talks about King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah and how they were surrounded by three major armies verses 15 through 17 talks about he says listen to King Jehoshaphat And all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. They were outnumbered 10 to 1. They could have panicked, fallen apart. Bless you. But Jehoshaphat called everyone together to pray, and he said, God, we have no power to stand against these vast armies in our own strength. He didn't deny the problem. He didn't act like it didn't exist. He admitted they were outnumbered, but he didn't stop there. He went on to say, We don't know what to do but our eyes are upon you and there's nothing wrong with saying god this problem is bigger than me a lot of times we face problems that are much bigger than us i may not have the power but god i know you're all powerful and when you keep god on the throne you will be in peace when you could be panicked you will be praising when you could be complaining god told jehoshaphat to put the singers and the praisers out in front and to march toward those three enemies. When they heard all the commotion, they got confused and began to fight amongst themselves. When they heard all that, they ended up killing each other. When the people of Judah arrived, they didn't even have to fight. They just went in and gathered up the spoils. Like with them, on our own, the problem may look too big. On our own, we can't beat the cancer. On our own, we'll never break the addiction. The good news is is we're not on our own. Amen. We have the most powerful force in the universe on our side. So what are you worrying about? What are you losing sleep over? Yeah. What have you given up on? It's time to put God back on the throne. Amen. He's bigger than what you're facing. He has ways to turn it around that you never How many times does he come through when we think it's going to be this way and he does something totally different? Totally different. I have never figured it out. Not know what to do, but when your eyes are upon him, he'll make a way where you don't see a way. He'll help you defeat enemies that are bigger and more powerful. Have you ever been on your phone or your computer and you're trying to download something and you see that little spinning icon? Just keeps going like this. And just keep looking at it, looking at it, and looking at it and looking at it. I was doing that the other day actually, I just kept doing this. It drives you crazy. It's buffering. It's trying to download. It's not working. You sit there and you just keep watching it, waiting and waiting and waiting. All it does is go in circles. Finally it stops buffering and after a few minutes it says, lost internet connection. <laughs> when we worry, it's like we're buffering. Our mind is going around in circles. That's it. What are we going to do? What if it doesn't work? This obstacle is too big. Like losing our connection, we need to reconnect back to our source. Amen. God is saying, put me back on the throne. I'm in control of your life. I'm directing your steps. I already have the solutions. God has answers, but when we worry, our mind is so cluttered, we can't hear what he's saying. Scripture says, be still and know that he is God. Take the worry off the throne. Worry drains our energy, takes our creativity, steals our joy. Quit thinking about the problem and start thanking God that he's working. David said God God inhabits the praises of his people. One version says he's enthroned in our praise. When you give God praise, you're putting him on the throne Life is too short to live worried, overwhelmed by problems, upset because someone has hurt us. I'm asking you and myself to take that off the throne and put God back on the throne. Quit buffering and start praising. If you'll keep your mind stayed on him, I believe, like Jehoshaphat, you're not only going to defeat Your enemies that are bigger, but you're going to gather up the spoil. Proverbs 3 5 through 6 says, Everybody knows this one. Come on now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. We are to acknowledge God in all our ways. This means that every action we take and decision we make should be done with God at the center. God must hold the place of highest importance, and the way we live should reflect this reality. In light of some recent circumstances in my own life, there was a song that came across, and I I can't even remember how I came across it, if somebody told me about it or what. But it's kind of, I don't know if a theme song is the right way to say it, but it just really hit me hard. And it's a great song, it's called You've Already Won by Shane and Shane. And if you haven't heard it, listen to it. Course goes, I'm fighting a battle that you've already won. No matter what comes my way, I will overcome. I don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done. I'm fighting a battle that you've already won. And it ends with, I know how the story ends. We will be with you again. You are my Savior, my defense. No more fear and death. I know this is how the story ends. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit WellspringOfLifeChurch.com. So I will lift up, lift up my heart.